0: Hello, my fantastic fanatics. This is your man, Dr. Usher, coming at you live. And I just want to talk to you about our journey. Yes, your journey, my journey. This is the journey that all ministers of the gospel will eventually face. And this journey is simply called the transition of the mission. And so what do you mean, or what do I mean when I say the transition of the mission? Well, when you're young, you don't really see the inevitable end of your mission because you're young, you're vital, you have a lot of vitality, and you're going gung-ho, doing everything you can do to fulfill the mission that God has given you. But there's going to come a time in your life as a young minister where you're going to grow up and you're going to get older and your energy is not going to be the same and your thoughts are not going to be the same and you're just not going to be the same person. Some of you guys are going to go through wounded phase where you get wounded by the ministry, while other you guys are go through ministry, you know, unscathed, you know, nothing bad ever happens to you, only good things. But no matter whether you end up being hurt in ministry or you go through ministry unscathed, we're all going to have to go through this journey called the transition of the mission. And the transition of mission is simply this. This is when you realize that you've done all you can do in your physical power to do your mission that God has given you. And you recognize that you don't have a lot of time on earth left and you recognize your days are numbered and you need to start looking at transitioning into putting someone else in charge of your mission or transitioning to supporting someone else's mission. I know for me at the stage of life that I'm in, you know, I'm looking at supporting other ministers or missionaries or, or ministries that have the same vision as I do or the same calling or the same passion as I do. And I will look for those type of ministries to support because I recognize there isn't much more I can do with the time I have left on the earth and with the physical energy that I have, you know, because we get bogged down with life, you know, raising kids, paying bills you know, taking care of cars and education and medical. And then your in-laws get sick or your mom gets sick. And so you got parents to take care of. And, you know, life just starts hitting you when you get older. And if you're not careful, um, when life starts hitting you, you get disgruntled or discouraged and you lose hope because you feel like, well, golly, all these years I did all this work and I did all this ministry. And what good did it do? Because, It hasn't done anything. It's, it's, you know, stagnant or hasn't come to fruition. And I'm telling you that, no, your your job and your ministry and your mission is to do your part of the harvest. And remember, the Apostle Paul said, you know, some are the people that break up the ground. And there's some people that plant the seed and there's some people that water. And then there are others that harvest. And so you got to recognize what your part in this whole mission that God has is. What is your part? Are you the one that goes in and breaks up the ground? Are you the one that goes and plants the seed? Are you the one that uh, waters the seed? Are you the one that harvests the seed? See, once you know your purpose in the mission, it will be easier for you to figure out which other ministry or minister or mission you need to support. For me, You know, I was a guy that was called to break up the ground. I went into missions or or ministry areas that nobody really touched. I worked with indigenous people and jungle cultures and pretty much forgotten. And I went in there and I plowed new ground. And so that's what I spent my ministry doing, tearing up the soil, you know, making it ready for the seed. And so then you got, and I'm not going to lie, I think I had two two phases because, I think I went through that phase where I was plowing ground, but I was also planting seed, you know, but I realized that I'm not going to be the one to water that seed. So I've gotten to the point where I recognize watering the seed is not what God is going to allow me to do with the time that he's given me with my mission. Yes, I did my part. I'm still out there tearing up ground. I'm still out there planting seed, but God's going to look for someone else to water the seed. So that's what I look for now. I look for people, what what does watering the seed look like? What does that type of ministry look like? That's a person who loves discipleship. They enjoy reading. They enjoy teaching. They enjoy sharing. You know, their whole thing is encouragement, sharing, teaching, and not just ministering, but they're, they're really breaking it down and walking that walk daily with other people. You know, it's not just they're coming in to, to speak a message and to blast them and then, then they're gone. No, these are people who water seed, they're there. They're nurturing the seed. They're there when times are hard. They're there when things get rough and they got the right words and they got the right things to say. And if God has called you to do that, man, that's an amazing job because you're being in, you're being put in charge of taking care of the work that someone else has started. You know, and, and I find that to be one of the most honorable positions there is. And then you got the guys at harvest. Now, guys that harvest the seed, oh, man, that's what we all want. We all want to be harvested. We all want to bring in that harvest. I'm not going to lie. I want it so badly to bring in the harvest, man. But let's just face it. When you're reaching generations of people, it's just impossible for one generation to reach The harvest, to to reap it. Because the work that it takes to plow the ground and plant the seed and water that seed, it takes years. It takes your entire life. And you may not even be the one to actually reap the harvest. Now, this is what I'll say. Um, As discouraging as it may sound, don't be discouraged. Because I want you guys to know when it's all said and done, you did your part or you're playing your part. And I'm going to encourage you, don't try to be or do something that you're simply just not called or wired to do. If you are a groundbreaker, let me tell you what type of person you are. Let me tell you what your personality is like. You go headstrong. People think you're stubborn. People think you're bully. People think that you're... Um, You know, (laughs) you're heartless or, you know, you're very vocal. You're very opinionated because groundbreakers have to be that way. Groundbreakers have to be, you know, straight on, sharpshooters. You tell it like it is. You take no prisoners. And I'm not going to lie. That's what groundbreakers have to do. That's what we have to be because you can't break ground using a feather. You know, (laughs) you just can't, you know, in order to break ground, you got to, you know, Be hard as steel and you got to be sharp as steel to break through, you know, that top layer of weeds and that top layer of dirt and rock and, and garbage to get to that good soil at the bottom. So if you are a groundbreaker and you got that personality, that's like, you know, you're very direct and blunt. That's your role. Accept it. Don't try to allow other people to make you into you know, uh, a seed planter or a waterer or a harvester, well, that's just simply not your call, you know? And if you are a seed planter, let me tell you what your personality trait will probably most likely be like. Seed planters are people that are meticulous. They go in, they observe. They don't talk much. They're very quiet. And when they go in, they observe a situation or an individual And they basically say what needs to be said. They don't talk too much. They just talk just the right amount to say what they need to say. And they say it with such clarity that it plants a seed inside of a person. And some of you have that personality type. You don't talk a lot. You say what needs to be said. You don't say it in a crass or, or hurtful way. You're very tactful with your words. And you say these things and people receive them. You are a seed planter. Then you have a waterer. A waterer is a nurturer. You love to nurture people. You love spending time with people. You love sharing the Bible with people. And for you, discipleship is like your thing. You love discipleship. You love getting in the dirt with people. And you just love being around people and sharing your life with them. You, my friend, are a waterer. Then come the harvesters. Now, harvesters, that's a whole totally another different type of worker because harvesters have to be strong, because they have to bear with, you know, the scruples of the weak, which means that when they go into a situation to harvest the fruit of or the labor of what someone else has done, that means they have to go in big. You know, that's the I guess the best way to explain it is the evangelists. An evangelistic type person, you know, is pretty much a harvester. They go in, they say the words, they preach the gospel, and they speak it in such a way to where it convicts the hearts of people around them. And they bring in people to the church, to the body of Christ. And see, a harvester doesn't hold on to the harvest. That's the thing that makes a harvester and a pastor different a harvester turns the harvest over to the local body to god whatever god is building the harvester does not hold on to the harvest the harvester turns it over to the farmer for processing who is the farmer in this case it will be the local church and the pastor or in the, in the leadership if you're presbyterian it be the eldership whatever that case is you as a harvester are not designed to take care of the harvest. You're just there to gather it up and pass it on for processing. And processing happens in the church because as the body of Christ, what happens is when you turn the harvest over to the body of Christ, that's when the processing takes place. That's when the wheat and the the tares are separated That's when it hits the thrashing floor and all the sin that's in your life, you know, in that person's life just gets shaken off or burned off. And that's where the refining takes place. That's where God reveals your personality or, or, you know, whatever sin issues you're dealing with. Or, I mean, it's just a wonderful place of growth. And then the process starts over again. You find out what your calling is. You find out what God has called you to do, what you're designed to do. And then the process starts over. And you find out your calling and you do what you're called to do in the mission. And that's what this is all about. See, this is a reciprocal process. process. This is the reproductive process of the body of Christ. And so I don't want you guys to get into a place where you're trying to do all of those operations when you're just, you simply can't. I'm not going to lie, people. In my early years, I thought I could do it all. I thought I could till the ground, plant the seed, water the seed. Harvest the seed and take care of the seed. And I I, I hate to say, guys, I recognized late in the game that I couldn't. I wasn't good at it. And I thank God for men in my life. For example, you know, Pastor Policarpo in Mexico, um, Pastor Tony, uh, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Todd. uh, Man, there's so many people that I'm thinking of that have this wonderful gift of, of, of you know, pastoring or taking care or what I call processing the harvest. You know, they really are good at it. And when I learn to just let go, and these are, there's some people like, um, that are not part of our, my association that I gladly yield people over to that are, you know, more Presbyterian in their beliefs or reformed in their theology or even Pentecostal. Because I recognize that I can't do it all. I'm not called to do it all. The best I can do is when I see that something, if I see a harvest that's designed for one church, I turn the harvest over to that type of church. You know, like if if you're a corn harvester, you don't put a corn harvester, you don't give it over to a tobacco company, you know, for tobacco harvesting. You know, those are two different types of fruit or plants or harvest. And so you don't mix the harvest. So one of the things I would ex- encourage harvesters to do is when you, Understand your harvest. Don't just put your harvest where your denomination expects you to put the harvest. If you recognize your harvest is more or better suited in a Pentecostal environment or a Reformed environment or a Baptist environment or a Presbyterian environment or Anglican environment, you put your harvest where you know, where you feel in your spirit, where they belong. Don't just do because all because you're Southern Baptist. Don't put them in a Southern Baptist church because that may not be where that harvest is supposed to be. And all you're going to do is create a mess. And I think if you once you get comfortable with doing that, doing things that way, you'll start seeing the success that I've seen. Where you know I'm, I've, wow, you know, last time I checked, I've reached over 1.3 million people. I stopped counting. Those are my numbers back in 2011. And so, the years have gone by, and I'm pretty sure my numbers have gone up. But these are people that I've personally you know, maintain contact with, because I'm still, even though I, I, I'm the type of guy that tears the ground, you know, I always try to build relationships with people. And I've learned that over the years, as I build relationships with people and I turn people over to other, you know, workers of the harvest that I still maintain contact with the seed, you know, <laughs> because these are people, you know, and these are people with feelings and, and, and emotions and they value, they have value. So I'm not saying that I'll abandon them. And so if you're the type of person that does your work and then you abandon the people, I'm going to call you out on that and say that you're dead wrong. You never abandon your people. You know, if God's put you in their lives, you ride out with them until the day you die or till the day that you can no longer ride with them. You know, even if it's long distance, you know, one of the things I can't stand about certain missions associations is that, you know, they'll send in missionaries that'll do a great work, and then that missionary is gone and the missionary never maintains contact with that group of people ever again. And I'm like, that's just so cruel. It's like you take a baby and you, you give birth to the baby and you leave the baby in the street or you leave the baby in the cares of another person. And you never even bother to let the baby know from time to time that you love them and you care for him. I mean, these are people's souls, man. These are these are God's babies and we just can't be going out here winning folk to the Lord and then abandoning them. So I'm anti-abandonment. <laughs> so if you don't catch that in this message, you better learn that right now. I about not ever catch any of my listeners abandoning, you know, God's babies and you neglecting them emotionally and spiritually. You know, I encourage you guys to just step up to the plate. So, um, yeah, guys, that's what's been on my heart. So I'm going to close with that. And if you have questions, Go to drusher.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-U-S-H-E-R.com, or you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, this um, at sign Dr. Usher, or just type in Dr. Usher, D-O-C-T-O-R-U-S-H-E-R on social media platforms, and I'll pop up, and feel free to call me or, or message me. And um, you can also reach me at omianternational.org. Feel free to reach out to me. I could use your support. And if you feel like God's got a call for your life, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to hear it and figure out a way if I can support you. You know, I mean, once you recognize what your role in the harvest is, it's pretty plain and simple from that point of, you know, what I can do to help you achieve your mission and then transition the mission to the next person. And um, with that being said, people, just remember my famous words, do as much good as you can while you can. And the best good you can do right now is when you're done with your work, don't forget to transition the mission. Y'all be blessed. See y'all later. Bye.